Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this message is called Salt and Light. And it turns out this is part one. I just couldn't get it all together. I don't know if it'll be two or three parts. As you'll find out in a couple of minutes, I was pretty fired up this week. But we're gonna get to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in just a minute. I want you to also know there are four points today and they're all coming together at the end. So stay tuned. But I must be honest and tell you some bad today to go along with the good. So please do not take pieces out of this message out of context. I can see some people taking short clips to try to make this point or that point, misusing it to try to hurt Fresh Encounter Church or try to cancel me, because I know what's coming. So please take the whole of what I'm sharing and teaching this morning before you cast judgment one way or the other. See, I believe today Yahweh is scanning this room for who he can really use for such a time as this. He's scanning the hearts and minds of those who are hearing this message, not just in this room, but you watching online, or maybe you're listening to the Salvage by God podcast. Yeah, Yahweh is scanning your heart today. And I'm just gonna be honest with you. We may part company after today's message. And I wanna tell you on the front end, I'm okay with that. As you're soon gonna hear. But my hope is we get linked deeper and tighter today, and that is my goal. Why? Because I know I can't do what I'm called to do by myself. So the Lord Jesus has got to fire some people up just to bring it stronger right now, right here in 2024. So what actually is salt and light? How do we know we are actually practicing salt and light and are walking out our faith in Jesus Christ as he called us to himself? What is it really? In view of knowing Jesus as our substitute who takes our sins on himself, what is salt and light? When we come and worship on Sunday morning, what some say is we need to experience God's love and leave all the problems at the door. No negativity, and don't mix religion and politics. Don't attack anything, because Jesus didn't attack anything. Really? Is that really the best practice? Well, sure, it is. If your goal is to have believers who bend the knee to the latest fad, Christian or otherwise, yeah, rock on. But I'm going to show you some straight-up spiritual truth today. And by it, I hope you will experience hope, love, and joy and inspire you in the midst of our circumstances. But know this, we're done playing games to get you to feel good just for the sake of feeling good. That's a waste of time. Those days are over for the real remnant church that's left to advance the kingdom of Jesus in America in 2024. I do want you to have the best life in Christ. Much of our culture is crushing that best life in Christ with false gospels and weak-wristed narratives surrounding the church. So, salt and light, what's that mean? 2 Corinthians 10, three through five, your text for today. Let's look at it together. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Destroy strongholds. We do that because we just all get together and we just all go out there and destroy. No, it's divine power. Divine power, destroying arguments that comes from living out the fruit of the Spirit. It's not this agitated, aggressive stance. It's a sheer confidence. Let's start with San Francisco. It's on the front pages this week as the 49ers seek to win their sixth Super Bowl later today, and there's a lot of Kansas City Chiefs in here saying, ain't gonna happen. But the city is all over the news this week for tragic reasons as well. Here's a headline from a national publication. San Francisco street horror only grows as drug overdose numbers spike. New York Post got into it. They said, inside San Francisco's den of death, dens of death as liberal city faces drug crisis. CNN, Toilet Water CNN even reported this. Drugs are sold out in the open in San Francisco's Tenderloin District. Another headline was, a mother was raising her son in the city she loved. Then San Francisco changed and stole her boy. Drug addicts now outnumber high school students in San Francisco. So what about San Francisco, some might say? What what does it matter to the rest of us? Look, in 2018, the drug overdose rate in San Fran roughly matched the national average. Five years later, it's now more than double the national average. Why? Well, one reason we can point to is activists in the city have been pushing for body autonomy, claiming that people have the right to put whatever they choose into their veins and and lungs. They say it's no one's business but the drug users. Twisted-minded advocacy groups want people to use drugs more safely, saying abstinence is not always a realistic goal. Is that actually compassion? Think it through. G.K. Chesterton observed this. He said, what we all dread most is a maze with no center. That's where we are. By the way, San Francisco is not the only city to slide into unspeakable, unfixable chaos. It's just been on the lefty demonic slide for longer than the others. Since COVID, everything has just been ripped apart in our society, and it's really hard for us to get our mind around how chaotic it actually is out there. L.A. now has these third world tent cities, now with numbers and crimes so massive, they can't even quantify it. They don't even try to quantify it. And the demonic news media ain't touching any of this stuff. The invasion at the southern border has now reached treasonous levels And Texas is currently fighting the demon-controlled Biden administration for their survival. Towns are being overrun, and the infection will reach everyone in pre-fallen America. These being the last days of America before it becomes the Venezuela you read about. It'll be here before you know it. Boom, shakalaka, it's in a town near you. Minnesota just closed a bunch of Walmarts because, uh, due to being overrun by the Somalia influx population there. I could go on and on. You feeling happy yet? This is now our new world. And we are called, dare I say, commanded to be salt and light in this once great land. 
How do we do that? What should really be our attitudes and our action? Let me take you a step further. Elmo from Sesame Street has his own Twitter X account. I don't follow him. Don't ask me why, I just never thought about it. But I wonder who's following Elmo. This past week, Elmo asked this question on X. Elmo's just checking in. How's everybody doing? He got an earful. Here are some examples. Elmo, I'm depressed and broke. Elmo, every morning I cannot wait to go back to sleep. Every Monday I cannot wait for Friday to come every single day and every single week of my life. Here's another one. Elmo, I'm at my lowest. Thanks for asking. One more. Elmo, I got a level with you, baby. We are fighting for our lives. Scanning the news, I could bring even more discouraging stories before we get to the good news. But please know there is hope beyond these headlines if we look in the right direction. So what is the bummer talk? What, what is the reason? What ties it all together, all this bummer talk I just brought you? Well, Harvard theologian Harvey Cox said this. Listen to this. We now live in a post-Christian America. The Judeo-Christian ethic no longer guides our social institutions. Christian ideals and values no longer dominate social thought and action. The Bible ceased to be a common base of moral authority for judging whether something is right or wrong, good or bad, acceptable or unacceptable. The Bible ceased. It's not every day I fully agree with a theologian who parked himself at lost lefty Harvard University, but here we are, because Professor Cox is spot on. In my day, you used to go into court and put your hand on a Bible and raise your right hand. Now you just raise your right hand. And you swear on what? And this is what has happened, and it has accelerated 100 miles an hour since COVID. My guy, A.W. Tozer, said in his book, In Man, the Dwelling Place of God, there's a quote, and I'm going to put it on the screen so you can follow along. I want you to hear this. Tozer wrote, I am among those who believe that our Western civilization is on its way to perishing. It has many commendable qualities, most of which it has borrowed from the Christian ethic. But it lacks the element of moral wisdom that would give it permanence. Future historians will record that we of the 20th century had enough intelligence to create a great civilization, but not the moral wisdom to preserve it. Tozer wrote that in 1966. I really wonder what he would say with what he sees around us today. Look, what is true of America does not have to be true of you. And it's not just that we live in Harlan, Iowa, a great place. But we can and must, we can and must rely on the Lord right now because we won't be immune for very much longer. We can name our biggest struggles and turn them over to his power and his grace. I have struggles, you have struggles. I know this. Salt and light. What is salt and light then? Romans 8, 37 says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. How about Romans 8.31? If God is for us, who can be against us? If there was ever a time for real salt and light, it is right now. Why? Because war is at our doorsteps. 
Our text today, loving people, we must be willing to tear down strongholds and destroy arguments. Doesn't stop there. We must be willing to build up Build up people who once redeemed will put on the full armor of God and in the fruit of the Spirit that, that Brad Reichel prayed about today. In that fruit, we serve the living King and we do so without apology. See, sometimes we have to shine a light in the dark places. Well, Chris, do you have to shine it right up in my eyes when I'm sleeping? Maybe. Sometimes we have to rub salt in an open wound. I don't want to, but sometimes we have to. So we're going to tear down some strongholds this morning. We're going to talk about some things all of us are having to put up with in our demonic culture in 2024. Things that you, whether you like it or not, have been groomed by lefty to not discuss. To not oppose, or you could get canceled. We're being played by the dark-hearted, and I've had quite enough. Starting with the LGBTQ plus folks and their advocates, they are repeatedly browbeating the church to be welcoming and affirming. Sorry, not sorry, but that's manipulation, and some of us have been godly given wisdom to see through that garbage. They join the two words together at the hip, welcoming and affirming, in an effort to box us in. Then they lie and say Jesus was like that to sinners. Welcoming and affirming, now get this in your head, like nice and warm like sick and tired, used together to express a single concept. Follow? Do you see it? In doing this word shell game, many advocates for sinful lifestyle emphasize that Christians are not truly welcoming unless they are affirming. So Jesus was welcoming. He was like that to sinners. He was very welcoming. And then they go on and say, well, he never judged. He not, no. See, the actual Jesus in the Bible tells a different story if taken in context. So let me show you. Yes, Jesus welcomed all kinds of people, including the worst of sinners in that culture, tax collectors, prostitutes, and all other kinds of social castoffs. Jesus associated with them and interacted with them, as have many of us over the years. If an openly gay, transgender, whatever, fill in the blank, has a flat tire, there's many of the men of God in this church, including myself, that would want to help the person. But show me where he affirmed them. You won't find it. You know why? Because he treated everyone with the offer of deliverance from those sins. He was always delivering folks from bondage of sin and condemnation that accompanied those sinful lifestyles. Look up John 8, 11 later. Spoiler alert, it's where he says, go and sin no more. Jesus offered the living water to whoever would come to him, but he also set clear boundaries. In the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord is straight up. It's hard to miss. Move a little forward past that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Listen to what he says. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. You know what else? That warning that Jesus gives to the LGBTQ plus folks? Listen now. It's the same warning 
that he gives to you and me. All are sinners, right? See, Jesus welcomed everyone just as they were. But he also called all to leave everything, including their own way of life. Leave it all behind. Then come, follow me, said the Savior. Let me repeat that. Don't miss this. Jesus welcomed everyone just as they are. But he also called all to leave everything. And that included their own way of life. Leave it all behind, then come follow me. Our Jesus was welcoming, which is why I was welcomed, which is why you are welcomed. But there is zero in the scripture about being affirmed in our sin. Don't get doped. Don't get duped. Can we stop the charade, or as my British friend would say, the charade? It's pathetic and it's fatiguing. Look, there's only two genders. Two. That's based on factual biology, and it's quite sad. We now have master-degreed grifters who are trying to say otherwise. And we got Christians out there saying, I can't disagree with that or they'll cancel me. Well, do you know Jesus or not? The only context of a godly union we call marriage is one biological man, one biological woman. Sorry, not sorry. What about love is love? What about sin is sin? Do you know the Lord or don't you? Now, how is that a harsh question? Do you know the Lord or don't you? If you know the Lord, then you are living stones to build up and sacrifice. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Verse 1 says, So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Quit affirming sin so you will be liked by this carnal world. We got to stop it. Verse 2, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tested that the Lord is good. We're chewing on some steak today. You want to tear down strongholds in USA in 2024? It's time to belly up to the big boy table. Time to put your big girl pants on. Verse four, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Can you see it? Can you wrap your saved heart around it? Loving people, we must be willing to tear down strongholds and destroy arguments. And we must be willing to build up. Build up people who once they are redeemed will put on the full armor of God, live by the spirit of God, show the fruits of the spirit, and serve the living king. That is the deal. What if you had dying people all around you? You can picture it. You lived through COVID. That was what the first month was supposed to be. We're supposed to just have people dead everywhere, right? But what if it was actually happening and you had the antidote? You had it in your hand and you had enough for everyone. And you said to yourself, well, if they come and ask, I'll give it to them. Why? Why don't you offer the solution that is killing them? Well, I don't want to offend anyone. 
In fact, some don't think they're going to die. So I don't want people to not like me. In fact, some people go so far as to say my antidote is cruel and makes people feel bad about the death they are about to suffer. So, Listen, thousands of testimonies are out there of people who have come out of very sinful lifestyle, myself included. Many sinful lifestyles. We don't just point out one. The only reason that one comes up so much is because they want us to tell them that it's not sinful and we can't do that. Coming out of sinful lifestyles, myself included, uh, in adultery, chemical abuse, alcohol abuse, sexual sins, etc., etc., etc. Fill in the blank. You know what yours is. And if you don't know it and you think that you're pretty good and you're not Hitler so you're probably going to go to heaven, that's a whole other discussion because you don't know the Savior yet. And yet if you are of the rainbow crowd... Any testimony of healing found in the substitutionary death of Jesus must be silenced. Satan will not allow those stories of healing, restoration, and renewal found in Christ to gain traction without a fight. So I look across the landscape of Christianity and ask, where are the warriors of the Lord Jesus Christ? Who will fight on our side, the saved side, It'll be a cold day in hell before I let an elder who's on a sabbatical not pray a blessing over the new ones. Because that's a man of God I need to fight alongside. Where are the men and women who will fight in the fruit of the Spirit? Putting on the full armor of God and with love and truth, boldly share the gospel of Jesus Christ without a shame. Our King who took on our punishment that we rightly deserved in front of God. That's the only thing I got time left to be about. Look at this business card. It's available to all of you and has been for months. It says Fresh Encounter Church. It has our address and has our service time. And on the back, there's a quote from me. And I also have Titus 3, 3 through 7 on there, which is my life verse, which when we all wrote Bible verses on this before we painted it. That's the one I wrote. So look that up in your spare time. But the quote on the back says, people need an authentic gospel place they can come to regardless of their past. We are that place in Harlan, Iowa. That is the calling of Fresh Encounter Church. Well, I thought authentic gospel place meant you welcomed everyone in and affirmed them with the niceness of Christianity. And The authentic gospel is we welcome anyone in and we provide the settled truth of Jesus being our substitute so we can be rescued from certain destruction, given a new life, turning from our wicked ways and pursuing righteousness together. And there's room here for you. But what if I don't want to believe like you? Can I still come in? Yeah, you can come in, but you're not one of us. Sorry. We want you to be. We're going to show you that path. But if you choose not to walk it, don't tell us we're not welcoming. When did Christianity become a self-esteem project that makes you feel good about your sin? You let go of the old ways and you latch on to the new ways. And you don't do that with perfection. You will wobble, you will struggle. That's why having authentic Christians here that will accept you as you are in your sanctification journey is so cool. The old ways get you oppressed by evil, the same ways as idol worship got ancient Israel oppressed by evil. Old way leads to death. New way following Jesus leads to life. Look, 
You can have fear or you can have faith. It's your choice. But understand this, fear is contagious. Faith is contagious. We, those of us soundly saved and redeemed, need to look forward to his return, going all in with Jesus, because by doing so, we will be given strength to endure hardships and even persecution. I love the great stories of those who were strong in the face of persecution. They were strong in their faith all the time that they were being persecuted. How? How did they do it? I just told you. They knew they were soundly saved. They knew they were redeemed. They looked forward to his return, going all in with Jesus, because by doing so, they were given strength to endure hardships and even persecution. Look, Jesus tells us what's gonna happen. Do you believe him? You wanna believe we live in the end times? Then we should look at what Jesus said is gonna happen in the end times, shouldn't we? Let's do it. Let's look at it so you can understand. Matthew 24, 9 through 14. Verse 9, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Oh, there's good news. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. In this passage, much talks about Christian on Christian. Professing Christian on professing Christian. And I say professing Christian because not everybody who professes Christ knows Christ. Turning away, love growing cold, betraying each other. Yay, us. You want to come down to Fresh Encounter where people are hated? Are you ready to be an outcast, hated, and even possibly killed for Jesus? That, my friends, is authentic salt and light. My job is to prepare any folks sent to FEC to be ready to be hated for Jesus. That's tough. That's hard cheese. Which is why it is so easy to soften our stance, bend the knee to carnal imposter kindness. It's hard to build a church with, you know, with this difficult to hear truth. But if a church is full of real salt and light Christians, it will be the beautiful bride of Christ and there is nothing better in life than being a part of that. The word for today is fortified. A group that is fortified will not easily betray each other, will not easily see their love grow cold. Make sense? There's a passage in Scripture about the ten bridesmaids. And in the ten bridesmaids, five have oil, five do not have enough oil. And so they take off to go get their oil, and while, they, while they're gone, the bridegroom comes. Let's pick that story up in Matthew 25, 10 through 12. It says, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door to us. 
But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Many around us in this modern, self-centered culture have lamps. They have an invitation, but they have no oil. Verse 12, look at it again with me. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. You get to heaven and the door is locked and you're like, Jesus. And you hear him say, I don't know you. But didn't I love the culture the way you told me to love? Didn't I do this? Didn't I say a sinner's prayer? Do you know him? One more scripture and then I'll give you the four points for today. This is the good news. This is what gets me up in the morning. This is what gets me motivated that every time my phone rings or somebody knocks on the door. Look, Tuesday I had no, nothing planned but to work on this sermon. I didn't get this done until yesterday. That's when I realized it's gonna be three parts. Well, two at least. Next week might be long, we'll see. I had five counseling sessions on Tuesday. Just out of the blue. Hey, Pastor, can we talk? Hey, Chris, any? they weren't all from even Iowa. It was like on Tuesday and Wednesday, the world went mad. And I explained it to a couple people this week. I'm like, if, do you remember in 1970s when, it's a, it's a, I don't even know the name of the movie, but these aliens came down to earth and they'd send this tone out. So they'd show the pole with those speakers, you know? And this tone would go out and all the people in the village would just start beating on each other. And then they'd turn the tone off and the people would kind of like wake up like, why are we fighting? I don't know if you saw that movie. I have no idea which one it is, but just picture it. It's like that tone was going off on Tuesday. So 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Latch on to this bad boy and hold on to this, those of you who know Jesus. But thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, let me lay out the four points for you. Number one, we need salt and light in our homes. It starts in your home. You got idols in your home? Get rid of them. Number two, we need salt and light in our church. We must have sound teaching. We must be able to share what I've just shared and everybody to understand how much love is in that and, and, and how much truth is in that. Number three, we must tear down false gods. Can't play games and be salt and light. Jesus says it straight up, you can't do it. Look up Judges 6 in your spare time because that'll be our text for next week. Number four, we must then build up that which honors God. Don't miss point number four. As we're growing, as we're being sanctified, you will know in your heart, there, if you know Jesus, you will know in your heart the Holy Spirit will put it there. There is no honor in a wink at sin. <laughs> I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all okay. You won't do that. If you decide to follow Jesus this week, you need to pray for an enduring faith and you need to be strong for such a time we live in. You need to fill out that blue connection card and say, I'm standing with you. 
You need to grab these business cards. You need to invite people to church because we're going to share the authentic truth of Jesus with them. And there's going to be days when we're going to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And after all of some of this bummer train message, I hope you see, yes, we are saved. When I say go, go all in with Jesus, I'm using a poker term. Just think about going to the poker table, and it doesn't matter what you're dealt. You just go all in. And Jesus has promised you that if you ever get beat, that he's going to then quadruple your losings. Whatever you lost in those hands, he's gonna quadruple. So you can't lose. So every time you get hands of a pair of twos, I'm all in. Eight high, all in. It doesn't matter, right? You will win every single hand until the day of judgment. People say, well, Jesus is coming soon. That doesn't mean a rapture. That doesn't mean that the trumpet's gonna sound and he's coming in the next 10 minutes. But it could be that before kickoff of Super Bowl Sunday today, he calls you home. We don't know the day or hour. That applies to our lives. So why wouldn't we go all in with Jesus if our chips do get cashed and we cash in and we go to see him, we get quadruple the blessing of what we're putting out on the table. Ah, that's a lame analogy, but those poker players will get it. If you go all in with Jesus, there's promises in the scripture, and part of that is peace. Part of that is knowing that if you're living for him, it's gonna be okay. The Bible calls it peace that passes all understanding. Do you know when I lose my peace? I lose my peace when I am required to wink at sin in order to grow a ministry. Grow a church, grow a radio show, make a movie. I can't tell you how much of garbage that is. The peace of Jesus comes and is amplified when you are around like-minded believers who have also gone all in with Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today humble in heart, wanting to destroy arguments, wanting to tear down strongholds, but also wanting to build up those who will link arms and say, we are going to stand for you. There's no anger in our hearts. We're just fatigued. We're fatigued with the beatdown of being told that pursuing righteousness is a joke, that we have to capitulate and bend the knee to the culture to be relevant. Lord, help us be strong in this time. Strengthen each believer here, and if there's someone here who doesn't know you, Lord, please let the Holy Spirit convict them. And if that's you, you can come find me today. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to them. I'm hanging around. So we ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, the Lamb who came to take away the sins of the world. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Salvaged by God is the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Danielson out of Fresh Encounter Church in Harlan, Iowa. For more of Chris's teaching and a couple podcasts you might like, go to freshroadmedia.com.